Thanks for checking out the Renew Life Church podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that today's message encourages you. Glad you're here with us. Uh, I'd like to go ahead and just take an opportunity to welcome all of our first-time guests. Can we give all of our first-time guests a round of applause? Super glad you're here with us today, and uh, I know a lot of us in here today uh, were, how many were here last week? So most of us were here last week. Last week was a really cool day for us. Uh, We are in the process of a building campaign, uh, trying to get a building built, and last week uh, was kind of the culmination of us as a church family praying and really asking the Lord what he'd have us do to help make this building a reality. And uh, so last week we took up what's called, we called it our next is near offering. Uh, And some of us even made pledges for the next 10 months to make sure that we were uh, where we needed to be at the end of this building process. So anyway, I just, I want to start with a little bit of a story because some of you don't know this, you're new to our church, but a little bit over a year ago, um, when we were getting ready to build a church, the Lord uh, the Lord began to speak to me, and one of the things he told me was uh, that a seed can do more than a dollar. And so a little over a year ago, we took up, and it's interesting, I never even put the two together. Uh, we did a series called Next, about what's next for us as a church. And at the end of that series, we took up an offering, and we gave the whole offering to another church in Sacramento, California, somebody else's, else's building first. And we raised in one Sunday, this church, over $120,000 to send to another church. And so that was our seed. And so uh, we, we, we tallied everything up. And last week, we brought in over $1.2 million last week alone. And I've been texting back and forth the, the pastor from uh, Jesus Culture this morning, well, late, late last night and again this morning, he asked if he could share that story, because I think it's interesting, exactly 10 times, almost exactly to the dollar, 10 times of what we sold into another church uh, came in last week. And I think even the best part of the whole deal was right at a million dollars was cash, the other was in pledges, so most of what came in last week was actually cash in hand. So uh, we are so close uh, to being where we need to be. And I'll just, I, I want to get us all involved in this process. Two things had to happen uh, for us to, to get ground broken, if you will. We had to raise the, some cash. And I mean, we are literally, I mean, this far away now from where we need to be. But the other thing that needs to happen is we have a church property that needs to sell. We have some land uh, that we have. It's debt-free. Uh, it is currently on the market for $1.4 million. We need to sell that property. So I'm just asking every single person in this church to be, please be in prayer because the second that that property sells, we're going to put some shovels in the dirt. Amen. So we are ever so close. So, and, and of course, we're doing some really uh, neat things, uh, adding different things to the, to the building as in the meantime, making sure we have all of our ducks in a row. But we are literally, we are, we are that close, guys. So, and I'll just say this, if you missed last week, if you missed our Nexus Near offering and uh, you were out of town, I know last, last weekend was a holiday weekend and you still want to be a part of that, uh, we, do not, we do not decline money at this church. So uh, if you still would like to be a part of the Nexus Near campaign and our building project, uh, you can definitely give. I think we probably still have some of the envelopes. Do we have some of the envelopes? Oh, I'm getting up and down. Yeah, we have some of those envelopes. Uh, and two, like I said, please continue to give faithfully where your, where your tithes and offerings are concerned, and don't let your tithes and offerings grow in regular tithes and offerings. By the end of this year, we'll have another million dollars to put towards the building project, so that's even a lower payment. How many guys believe in low payments? So, we're, so please don't let that affect your, your regular tithes and offerings, but we would really love for you to be generous and help us if that's what the Lord would lead you to do. So uh, we're going <clears> to <throat> jump right in. 
I have 21 minutes. That's not fair. The worship team got 30. No, no, I, I have just a few minutes left. And so uh, we're, we're just going to pick up with what we, some, some, some things we've been talking about uh, several weeks ago. I, I'm here, some of you still not. Uh, we introduced this concept of the apostolic church. And if you haven't been here, just to give you an idea of what we're talking about as a church, it's our desire that we're not building the church that we want. We're building the church that he wants. How many of you guys think it's a good idea to build the church that he wants, not the church that we want? And when you read in 1 Corinthians 12, 28, <clears throat> the Apostle Paul is giving some specifics as to exactly what the church is supposed to look like. And here's what he says. He says, and God set these gifts in the church, first apostles. So the first thing you see in, in Scripture in terms of what's the, what the church is supposed to look like and the gifts that are supposed to be represented in the church, he says, first, apostles. Who, who in here has ever met an apostle? Uh, very few people even understand the concept. How I many in here have ever met a pastor? So we're, we're really familiar with path, the word pastor, not so much with the word apostle. And I think our goal and my goal in this is to introduce something that's very godly, very scriptural, and very important for us moving forward as a church. The best definition now, apostle means sent one, but I love the elaboration that the Romans gave to that word. <clears throat> they borrowed that word from the Greeks. And, and a Roman officer, uh, or a Roman apostle, when Rome was conquering the world, this apostle, this Roman apostle, it was actually a, a, a military term, would, when they would conquer a new region, this person would go with a team and not just conquer a region, but make sure that that region began to embrace the culture and, and, the, and the feel, if you will, of Rome itself. So it's not just about conquering, it's about culturalizing. And so that's really what we get that word apostle. We also learned that we can connect that to the Lord's prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So he literally told us in the Lord's prayer and teaching us how to pray, to pray an apostolic prayer. In other words, don't just, don't just wait for heaven to, till we go to heaven to enjoy heaven, to bring heaven to earth. How many of you guys believe it's okay to experience heaven on earth? That, that's, that's what apostolic means. It means bringing the culture and the values of heaven to earth. And so we've been talking about that last week. We talked about kind of our assignment. A lot of people want to know what our assignment is. And I think last week we talked about how you don't need a specific assignment. If you see it in scripture, you have permission to do it. You have permission to go after. And we saw that, that laying, on, laying on of hands and, and healing the sick is a part of, uh, of every believer's journey, as a matter of fact. And so I kind of want to continue with that, with that concept, if you will. Uh, I, I can't even remember. I totally, and I can't remember if i uh, if I've ever taught on this, to advancing the kingdom, Matthew six thirty three says, "Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and, and His righteousness, and all these things will be added uh, unto you." So, I, 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 we we understand that our assignment is to advance the kingdom of God. It's the apostolic mission. It's the apostolic assignment of advancing the kingdom on this on this planet in our spheres of influence. But one of the ways that you advance the kingdom is you embrace and you perpetuate kingdom values. Uh, Lee and I were talking about this uh, even yesterday. One of the things I know specifically for stay-at-home moms, sometimes for stay-at-home moms, advancing the kingdom. Well, anytime in your own home where you embrace kingdom values and perpetuate kingdom values in your home with your children, with your husband, with, with whatever it is, you are advancing the kingdom. The Bible says that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. Anytime you bring peace to your home, how, can I just say this right now? Folded clothes when I come home is brings peace to my mind because it means I don't got to do it. <laughs> and we're going to talk some more about this towards the end about how uh, 
there are very there are kingdom things that are very natural things. There are, there are super spiritual kingdom things, but they're actually very very natural. And I just wanted to share with you uh, several uh, a little while ago. I'm not gonna, I don't remember exactly when it was, but a little while ago, the Lord put on my heart to to identify seven core values that we believe are kingdom values, uh, but they're also the, the core values of our church. The first core value uh, of our church is love. Love. Love is the, the, the core value. The Bible tells us in the book of John, uh, where are we at? First John 4, 8 actually says, if, you're, if you don't love, if you don't love people, it's because you don't know God because God is love. Here's what it's telling us. The more we get to know God, the more we get to know love, the more we love other people. So love is our, is our primary pursuit to get to know him so that freely we have received love, so therefore freely we can give love. So love is one of our, is our first core value. And, and for you theologians in here, these are not necessarily in any order, at least according to scripture. They're just in the order that seemed right in my head. I'll just put it that way. So, but these are our seven core values. The second core value is grace. Grace. The Bible tells us that the law came through Moses, but that grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Grace is not a concept. Grace is a person, and his name is Jesus. Jesus embodies what grace is just as much as our Father embraces love. Our Father doesn't love because he chooses to love. Our Father loves us because he is love, and he doesn't really have an option. That's what he is, so that's what he does. In the same way, that's what Jesus is. Jesus is grace. So everything that he did, everything that he says, everything that he embodies is grace. And why this is so important is Jesus actually said this, that said, I am the way one comes to the Father except through grace. This is, this is gonna sound like borderline heresy, so please let me finish it before, before you start making judgments. Did you know that Jesus is not the goal of Christianity, but the Father is? Now, that's not my opinion. That's what, that's what Jesus said. Jesus didn't say, I'm the destination. He said, I'm the way. I am the way. And no one comes to where? The destination? The Father, except through me. The desire of Jesus was to be grace and extend who he is, extend grace to us so that we could be connected to love, who is our Father. So grace is our second core value. Uh, <clears throat> love, grace, faith. Faith. How many of you guys know it's impossible to please God without faith? So faith is a core value. Read it right here. It says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and it is not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. How we connect to this grace that, that, that Jesus is and that Jesus came to extend to us, you don't do it through works. You don't do it through church attendance. You don't do it, don't do it through tithes and offerings and giving and, and community service. Grace is received and enjoyed by faith. So faith is a big part, uh, a big value uh, of the kingdom. Fourth core value is truth. And I'm going to put in parentheses the Bible, and if I'm being 100% honest with you, I'm probably going to even change officially this core value uh, from truth to the Bible because I want it as clear as we can possibly get it that one of our core values is that we believe the Bible. And I think in the world we live in today, it is becoming increasingly important how clear we make this. I believe that the Bible is the unchanging word of God. And when it comes to when I need an answer, I, do, I can get some of my answers by saying, hey, Siri. But I'll just say this, the answers I need for my life come from that Bible. And if Siri ever disagrees with that Bible, then Siri needs to be quiet. 
I, I, several, I don't know, it's been a couple of years ago now, I played a clip from a, a, a news interview where this guy was interviewing Joel Osteen and his, his stance against some, some pressing issues. And this particular news anchor said, shouldn't the scriptures be dragged kicking and screaming into today's culture? His point was, shouldn't we start changing the Bible to adapt to our culture? You can live and lean into every single word that's in that scripture. When we talked about a kingdom assignment, if you see it in that Bible, you have permission to go after it. You know why? Because that Bible is the word of God. In John, it says, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. You say, man, I've never heard God. God, read your Bible. There's a lot of hearing. And the cool thing is, is faith, which is another core value. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you start to see how these things uh, all connect together. The fifth core value uh, is spirit-led. We desire to be a church. It's a value of ours that we are spirit-led people. The Bible says that for as many as are led by the, the spirit connects us to our sonship with our heavenly father. Being led by, it says as many as are led by the spirit of God, those are the people who are the sons of God. There are many natural things in our environment that want to lead us and tell us what we should be doing. But can I just say this? The number one thing we're supposed to lean into, this word and the spirit of God on the inside of us. And let me just say this. The spirit of God never leads you outside what this word has already told you. Well, I just feel like the spirit's telling me, I I know it's going to sound crazy, but there's just this other woman, and I just believe the spirit of the Lord is leading me that I married the wrong woman, and... That is not the spirit of God. That's the spirit of something else. He will never tell you something that this word has not already told you. You want to learn how to hear the spirit of God? Get in the word of God. And then any voice in your head, this is simple right here, being led by the spirit of God. Because the spirit of God, he leads us subtly. He's a, he's a still, small voice. So when we put the word of God in our hearts, then we start listening for thoughts and ideas that seem to line up with that word. That's how we come to understand that's the spirit of God leading. Not as many amens as I thought, but we're going to move on. Let me just say this. We are a Holy Spirit church. The Trinity is God the Father, God the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. His name starts with God, too. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever noticed that. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We want to be led by the Holy Spirit. We want to embrace the gifts of the Spirit and pursue the gifts of the Spirit. And we want to walk in the fruits of the Spirit. We are a Spirit-led church, amen? The next thing that's a core value for us as a church is purpose. It is a value to us. We, we highly value that you have a purpose on this planet. That's been the whole idea of us talking about the apostolic church and, and or get saved. Both are good. So you can hear me say it. Getting saved is good. Going to heaven is good. Eating spiritual food and being fed by your pastor is a good thing. But beyond being saved and beyond getting fed, you have something to do. You have a purpose on your life. And I'll just say this, many people stop enjoying all that God has for them because they stop at getting saved and getting fed. 
But enjoying everything that God has for you means you're going to have to start stepping into your purpose. The Bible tells us in Romans, or 1 Corinthians actually, 1 Corinthians 12, it says, every single person in this room, you have a spiritual gift. You may not know what it is. You may, have, may, have, may have not have tapped into it just yet. But the Bible says that the gifts of God, they're without repentance. They're not coming back. It's in there. It's uniquely you, but it's perfectly God. And it's in you to help who? You? What does the scripture say? To help who? Other people. So there's a, an assignment, a purpose on your life to lean into the God-given spiritual gift that he's given you to help other people. And the last one is, is, is just simply kingdom. One of our core values is kingdom. And of course, I'm, this is kind of the essence of this, this message, so I'm not gonna go into it. Matthew 6, 33, we've already, already read it. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these other things will be added unto you. Here's my point. I've been around a lot of churches that core, they had more of a church core value or a church pursuit of the success of their own church, not of the kingdom. But I'm here to tell you, we value the kingdom first. Here's what that means. Raise your hand, just, to, just by a show of hands, if you serve in any area in this church. Okay, good amount of hands. Now raise your hand if you serve in any area in this community whatsoever. Can I just say that? Those are one and the same to me. They are both serving people. Now, if you're, if you're not a kingdom-driven church, if you're not a kingdom-minded church, it's like, well, you need to get in church and start serving. Did you know that there are people that have given, can I just say this? There are people that have given millions of dollars to this church, and they have never served at this church. How many guys are okay if they keep doing that? I know I am. Here's my point. A kingdom-minded church gives just as much value to what you do Monday through Saturday as to what you do on Sunday. So that means that the things that you're doing on Monday at your job, the people you're serving, whether it's, whether it's got an official title of serving or volunteering or whatever, but just a heart of serving people. I want, now, can I just say this? Hear us up here begging, oh my God, we just, we just don't have enough help. We, we just don't have enough help. Now there might be times we come and say, hey, anybody want to help with this? We could use a little more help. The church is growing, which it is, and those are good things. But my, my point in all this is, is I'm glad when people serve in the church. I'm even more glad when people serve anywhere because that's the kingdom and not just the church. And so the kingdom is, is, is a big value for us. And so these are just some, some basic core values. Uh, you say, why seven? I don't know, Lord, Lord told me to stop at seven. That's really all, uh, that's, that's what I stopped at. And so for kingdom values that, that I know, in fact, sometimes in staff meetings, someone will say, a word will come up and they'll say, isn't that one of our core values? And I'm like, well, it is, it's just not one of the seven. So there are other kingdom core values, and I kind of want to talk about some of those today because some kingdom core values are way more natural than you might choose to believe. Way more natural. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn to First Care Lately uh, 10, and I want to read one. It's a, it's a story that's been on my heart uh, a ton here lately uh, because I believe it tells a story, and it, it begins to demystify kingdom advancement in some ways. It, just a little bit of a setup here, and, and we'll read some more of it. Uh, the, the Queen of Sheba is coming to visit Solomon. Solomon is David's son. Uh, when, when, when Solomon took over his father's reign, uh, the Lord came to him and said, ask anything you want, and I'll give it to you. How many of you guys remember what Solomon asked for? He asked for wisdom. So, so the Bible says that, because, and God said, 
since you asked for wisdom, not only am I going to give you wisdom, but I'm also going to give you wealth. You'll be wealthier than anyone who ever walks the planet again after you. And so, but he was known for his his wisdom. And so the queen of Sheba hears about Solomon's wisdom and, and wants to, to check it out for herself. Here's what it says. It says, when the queen of Sheba heard Solomon's fame, which brought honor to the name of the Lord. Notice this. When the queen of Sheba heard of Solomon's fame, what did Solomon's fame do? Brought honor to the name of the Lord. Well, that'll mess with your theology. She came to test him with hard questions. She arrived in Jerusalem with a large group of attendants and a great caravan of camels loaded with spices, large quantities of gold, and precious jewels. When she met with Solomon, she talked with him about everything she had on her mind. Solomon had answers for all of her questions. If a man can answer everything a woman is thinking, that is wisdom. That's when I started believing right there. I'm like, I'm in, I'm in. Whatever you got to say, I'm listening, Solomon. (laughs) Nothing was too hard for the king to explain to her when the queen of Sheba realized. Now, I want you to notice what she came to the realization of. It says, when the queen of Sheba realized how very wise Solomon was, and, you know what and means? It means and. It wasn't just his wisdom that pointed to the Lord. It says, and when she saw the palace he had built. She was also amazed at, check it out, the food at his tables. So his palace pointed to the Lord. His food pointed to the Lord. Well, how do I know that? I said it earlier. She was amazed. His fame, the organization of his officials, their, sp- their splendid clothing, the cupbearers or the servants. She was even amazed at those that served or the employees that worked for him. And the burnt offerings Solomon made to the temple of the Lord. Let's just think about some of the things that caused this woman of great wealth, of great influence. She comes, and granted, he answers her questions. She has some tough questions. He asks her some questions, and she could tell that he was wise, but it wasn't just the answers to those questions that let her know that Solomon is who everybody said he was and then some. It was the, some, some, some very, very natural things. It was the palace that he built. It was the food that they cooked. It was the clothing that they wore. It was the organization, if you will, the order in which everything seemed to be done with, and even the generosity of the burnt offerings that he made towards the Lord. When I I was a senior in high school, I I went to a Christian school so you couldn't have a prom because apparently those were of the devil. And so um, we had a, I don't even remember what you called it, senior something, senior dance or senior banquet or some way more Christian word than prom. And so uh, I, I, I went to that, but I, I invited Leanne to go with me. Not that it matters, but she had already graduated high school. She may be older than me. I'm just saying. Um, so my, my wife, or my wife, Leanne, came with me to my senior banquet thing. And um, as I'm getting ready, we, 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 it was in Lubbock, Texas, and I was from Post. We came and Actually, my mom and dad, I think, actually got a hotel room so that we could change clothes because I think I had like a sport game, a sporting event that day or something. And so I'm getting ready to, uh, to go to the prom, and I'm, I'm getting ready to take my future wife on, I think this was our first date. Was this our first date? I think this was our first 
date. We weren't dating because Leanne kissed dating goodbye, if you know what I mean, back in high school. Only real Christians know what I'm talking about here. Thanks a lot, Joshua Harris. And uh, So Leanne had kissed dating goodbye, but this was actually our first official, official date. And I'm in there getting ready, and, and my dad walked in, and he gave me this look like, well, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, what, what are you talking about? He goes, your truck is disgusting. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, you're fixing to take potentially your future wife to the prom. And I gathered out no less than two trash bags full of trash out of the front seat of your truck. I used to have a disgusting truck. Can I just say that? I, used, I mean, it was the front of my truck. I'd have fast food bags all throughout the front of my truck. I'd have pretty much anything that I didn't have a place for at the time in the front of my truck. And I remember my dad coming to me and being like, oh my gosh, this is absolutely out of control. Can I just say this? It's very kingdom to have a clean truck. Ooh, I hope you wore some shoes with extra room in the toes. It's very kingdom. You know why it bothered my dad? It's because that is out of order. That is not excellence. That is not representative of the Father. Let's just, let's just assume there's vehicles in heaven. Just for the heck, I don't, don't, what, let's just assume. And let's just say you get to heaven, all of a sudden one of the, one of the disciples pulls up and says, hey, I'm gonna give you a ride, we're gonna go check out some stuff. Do you think you're going to open the door of his truck and a bunch of trash fall out? Just think about those things. Did, did you know what, what made the Queen of Sheba realize that this man is who he says he is? He's full of wisdom, and he brings fame to the Lord. He brings honor to the Lord. It was the excellence in which everything he did was done in. Every single thing that he did. Well, I, one of, my, one of my favorite stories, because the, the, excellence is a big deal for me. Can I just say this? Excellence is not perfection. Excellence is doing the absolute best with what you have. You say, man, I'd love a new truck. Maybe if you cleaned the old truck you had, the Lord might give you a new truck. That's okay. Not too many amens. That's all right. One of my favorite stories of all time was this, a friend of mine who happens to be uh, very connected in the L.A. scene and a lot of movie stars and different things like that. Uh, the first time he came and spoke at our church, he walked into the foyer of our church office. Now, mind you, this is, we did it to work in, so we didn't spend a ton of money uh, in that little foyer area. Who's been to the foyer area of our, our church office? Quite a few of you guys have been there. Uh, he walked in. Now, again, this is a guy who literally, in fact, we, Lee and I were talking about this. I think it was the week before he was at a birthday party with Kim Kardashian. He had been in Kim, I think it was Kim or one, one, of, the, one of the Kardashians. I don't know him. He was, he was in their house at a party. So he had seen wealth. He had seen extravagance. He had seen what that looked like. Yet he walked into our church office in our foyer that was a penny budget office, if you will, and he stopped and just looked around. It's right here. This is absolutely incredible. And I was kind of like, Really? And again, I, I think it's nice. But can I just say this? Excellence makes a kingdom impact on people. Some of you say, man, I, 
I just want, want, I, I want the Lord to give me an assignment. I want him to give me a purpose. If you have a front yard, you have one. How does your front yard look? <laughs> so, one wife over here said, come on. She's talking to her husband, I think. <laughs> uh, and, and again, I'm not, I'm not trying to condemn here. I, that, that's, that's not my point here. But I, ask yourself the question, do the natural things in my life scream kingdom? What does your garage look like? Oh, he went there. Can I do, again, wealth doesn't equal excellence. I know a lot of people, I know people that have a lot of money, but not a lot of excellence. All it takes is some, some discipline and some understanding. Just try to picture that kingdom come. We're talking about the apostolic church bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth. Do you think that the yards in heaven are full of weeds? Do you think the yards in heaven are so overgrown and people are going by saying, man, we've been meaning to get to this. I, I, it's, we're just so busy. The kids have sports and I gotta, I'm working an extra job in my hour. We're going to eventually get to the yard. Very natural things. What are some natural things in your life, simple, natural things that you could do where when people get in your area, they sense excellence? Because excellence equals kingdom. You don't need an assignment. You don't need a specific word from God. You just need a yard or a garage or a closet that you don't want to tell anybody about. Now, I believe in everybody. I think it's kingdom to have one closet that nobody gets to see. Anybody, can I get an amen from that? I think we should at least get one closet. I want us to be excellent. Can I just say this? When we build our, when we build our new building, I want it to be beautiful. People say, well, are you, are, you, are you being extra thrifty? I'm being thrifty enough, but I'm being excellent as well. The landscaping, I want the landscaping on our property to be beautiful. Any golf, anybody ever watch golf in here? Like literally, I think heaven looks like Augusta National. Every year I watch the Masters Tournament, I'm like, this is God. It is God for flowers to look like that. It's even more God than I'm there next year. <laughs> but look at the food. Look at the clothing. Look at how well organized the people that work for him are. Yep, this man is a godly man. Simple, simple things point to the kingdom. We advance the kingdom by embracing and perpetuating kingdom values. And I'm here to tell you that excellence, not perfection, excellence, doing the best you can with what you have, excellence is a kingdom value. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed our podcast today. You can find out more about our ministry at RenewLifeChurch.com or on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Also, our app is available for download so that you can stay up to date. Again, we are so glad you joined us. If you're in the Midland Odessa area, we invite you to come be our guest at one of our services. Have a great day, and we hope to see you soon.